This is the Black and Blue Report presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. Now from Studio B or wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Daniel Sellerson. What's going on? Welcome into the Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Daniel Sellerson here in Studio B on the campus of the Saints and the Pelicans. Hope this Tuesday finds you well. We have a lot to talk about here as the NFL draft is approaching and also the NBA playoffs are in full swing. We'll knock out both of those topics here on today's show. Of course, with our NFL draft preview, we're going to not exactly the order of the draft. We're going to take you to some of the teams that are ahead of the Saints at number 11 and also the NFC South teams as far as what they might need in the draft to kind of get you an idea of what they're looking for before the Saints pick at number 11. So we'll do so today with Jim Wyatt, senior writer, TitansOnline.com. Of course, Tennessee has two picks in the first round, starting with pick number five and then number 18. So we'll see if those they keep those two picks or if they try to use one of those to either gain some more picks or add a veteran presence, whether it's on the offensive or defensive side of the football. And then we'll have Jim offer on from Pelicans.com just because it's the offseason. Doesn't mean we can't have Jim on here to talk about the Pelicans this is our first visit since the season ended last Wednesday in Portland. So he'll kind of talk about uh, the season for the Pelicans, a disappointing one, finishing with 34 wins and not making the playoffs. And then we'll also get his thought on the postseason as uh, three days in, and we've seen some upsets, we've seen some blowouts, we've seen some close games. And last night it was the Pacers falling to the Cavs in game two. Now they're down 2-0 before heading back to Indianapolis. And then the Spurs are up 2-0 on the Grizzlies after beating them handily Last night, of course, we had David Fisdale saying some unpleasant things about the refs last night. Paul George maybe calling out a couple of his teammates. We'll have Jim talk about those two things and kind of what he looks forward to tonight as all three teams playing tonight have a chance to go up 2-0, obviously, because there's only been one game, but they're all road teams. You have the Utah Jazz looking to go up 2-0 in L.A. You have the Bulls looking to go up 2-0 in Boston. And then you have the Milwaukee Bucks looking to go up 2-0 in Toronto. So three very exciting games on the docket for tonight in the NBA. Other than that, we'll uh, rock and roll here on this Tuesday. We'll talk NFL draft and we'll talk Pelicans with Jim Eichenhofer. So it's a show of the gyms. We'll start with Jim Wyatt, Titans Online. We'll talk draft next year on the Black and Blue Report. Staying informed before and after a storm is critical. Hello, I'm Dave Mason. Entergy lineman and safety specialists. Sign up for text alerts by downloading the free Entergy app. If the power goes out, we'll keep you informed with outage maps and alerts. You can also visit EntergyStormCenter.com where you can learn how we are preparing for the storm and how you can prepare. That's EntergyStormCenter.com. Everything you need to know about your New Orleans Pelicans is right in the palm of your hands. The New Orleans Pelicans app is easy to use, plus makes an excellent companion whether you're watching the team in the Smoothie King Center or on the road. Recently added features on the app include the latest videos and highlights, plus access to a full list of arena amenities. Download the Pelicans app for free now on your iPhone or Android devices. For more information, check out pelicans.com today. Auctioner believes the best way to predict the future is to invent it. Here, our doctors and staff are changing lives day after day. 
Every week, I'm operating on babies who are days old with hearts smaller than walnuts. We're giving these kids a life they wouldn't otherwise have, a chance to grow up. Sometimes cancer patients come who were told they were out of options, but Auctioner has the most clinical trials in the state. It's amazing to be able to give second chances. We're always a step ahead, even with simple things like getting you in to see a doctor today versus a week from now, so what you have doesn't become something bigger. It makes a difference. Every day, Auctioner is creating a better future by looking forward and thinking differently to find life-changing solutions. That's healthcare with peace of mind. Appointments are available today. Call 866-AUCTIONER or visit auctioner.org. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Daniel Sellerson. We continue with our NFL Draft Preview on today's Black and Blue Report podcast. We'll head to Nashville, Tennessee, where the Tennessee Titans are on the clock at pick number five. And we'll check in with Jim Wyatt, senior writer of TitansOnline.com. Hello, Jim. Good to talk to you again. Good to talk to you. Thanks for having me on. No problem, Jim. Before we get into the NFL Draft with the Tennessee Titans, kind of give us a rundown of the Titans offseason so far. Well, it's been pretty active. I mean, last year, uh, you know, it made a big splash right out of the gate by signing DeMarco Murray and, and made some other key additions. This year, it's been uh, a free agency period that was, uh, you know, they addressed special teams, uh, you know, signed a number of guys to help in that regard. They signed Logan Ryan, uh, who's going to be a starting quarterback for this team, formerly with the Patriots. They signed Jonathan Cyprian, and who's going to be, you know, going to be a starting safety for this team. So, Sylvester Williams, you know, formerly with the Broncos, uh, is going to play in the middle of the line. They addressed the defense. They kind of addressed special teams and now uh, put themselves in position for the NFL draft where they can take, obviously still have needs, but they can uh, be more in the best available player mode, probably be better fit if the guy does play a position where, uh, you know, where he can help them pretty quickly. Right, they're one of three teams that have two first-round picks, pick number five and pick number 18. With that being said, I know you said they're at a position to take best available, but are they also at a position to maybe trade one of those picks in the first round if the right deal comes about? Yeah, I think so. I mean, John Robinson, the team's general manager, has made no secret, you know, for them all the way back to, to January that they're open for business. And he's, you know, he's proven he's willing to make a deal. All you got to do is look at his track record since he took over as general manager last January. He made five trades in his first year on the job, including that DeMarco Murray trade. Obviously, the team had the number one pick last year in the draft, traded to the Rams, and uh, that's the reason they've got the five right now. Uh, I think I think he's going to look to make some moves in this draft to put the team in a position to uh, not only good players that can help them, but also maybe – get more picks. Uh, the team does not have a second round pick right now. It's got the five and 18 and it doesn't pick again into a third. I think he'd like a second round pick. I mean, he's, uh, uh, but you know, they'll have to, I'm sure he's listened off as already. I think probably closer to the draft could be even more activity as uh, there's some late movement on draft boards. When you talk about him being open to trades, you think he's more like you mentioned, looking for that second round pick or a pick in general, or do you think that he could also be looking for a, a veteran that you could add uh, that could be a, a big piece right away for the Titans? Yeah, you know, I think the more likely scenario would be for for picks, but um, but you just never know. I mean, I, again, he he has explored some options and taken some roads that have not been. Tr- 
traveled here uh, in the past, and that included the trade in Doriel Green Beckham uh, last year. Uh, got Dennis Kelly in that move. That was a player-for-player trade. The DeMarco Murray move, move certainly uh, you know caught the you know got the NFL's attention last offseason and has, has, has paid off for the Titans. He's uh, moved around in last year's draft, as I mentioned, and uh, uh, so so I think just about anything is a possibility with John Robinson the way he's he's operated so far. All right, so you mentioned best available at five or eighteen, but let's just say, is there a certain draft positional needs that maybe they could fill with both of those draft picks in the first round? Yeah, I mean, I think that you know. I think you want to match up. You love to match up need with best available. Sometimes that's, you know, sometimes that's easier to do than others. I, I think when you look at this team and what it still needs, uh, I think receiver, that's one area that's not been addressed so far in free agency. Uh, Rashard Matthews is back. Uh, who was their, you know, the top target last year is a very productive player. Uh, but, and, and, Tajay Sharp, who was you know a big help for them after being picked in the fifth round last year, those guys are back. But uh, Harry Douglas is back, uh, but still need to add to that group and need more playmakers around Marcus Mariota. So I think receiver is one area of need. Cornerback is an area of need, especially after you know, Jason McCourty was released, uh, you know, on earlier this week. Um, that's a position that's going to be addressed. Both those positions will be addressed in the draft. But I do think, again, you know, some other intriguing prospects, that whether it's safety or whether it's a tight end, who could also be in play. And this team has eight picks. Um, so I think you'll see them try to fill need with best available, but then touch on a lot of, lot of positions in the draft. With that being said, I know this is probably a pretty generic question, but with that, um, do you think the defense is the priority for the – Titans in the draft, or could they go both ways as far as using those eight picks to get some stuff on both sides of the ball? Well, I definitely think it's it's going to be both ways because free agency was spent, most of it was spent addressing the defense. I think now uh, the offense is going to get some attention. Defense, too. I mean, I, I, was, I just mentioned cornerback. Cornerback and safety, I think, are they're going to be addressed. Always can't get enough edge rushers. Um, you know, I, I, think, um, you know, I think more help. Uh, on the line, inside linebacker, you know those those positions are in play. But uh, the thin at receiver, thin at uh, tight end, um, could use some more help in the interior line. So all, all those positions there uh, in play. All right. So the Titans have many options there at pick number five and number eighteen. We'll see what they do come a couple weeks here in the NFL draft. That's Jim White, senior writer, TitansOnline.com. Jim, I appreciate it and enjoy the draft. Okay, appreciate it. All right, when we come back, we'll hear from Pelicans.com writer Jim Eikenhofer. The Bayou Country Superfest is coming to New Orleans, starring Blake Shelton. Miranda Lambert. Brooks and Dunn. Rascal Flats. Thomas Rhett. Hank Williams Jr. 
friends are coming over tonight. And more. Memorial Day weekend, May 26th through 28th at the air-conditioned Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Tickets on sale now with Blake Shelton, Miranda Lambert, Brooks and Dunn, Rascal Flats, Thomas Rhett, Mike Williams Jr., Fred Eldridge, Old Dominion, and more. Plus a free kickoff concert, May 26th. For hotel info, visit BayouCountrySuperfest.com. Sponsored in part by Bud Light, the official beer of the Bayou Country Superfest. We're talking NBA playoffs on the Black and Blue Report. Well, just because it's the Pelicans offseason doesn't mean we can't have Jim Mike and Offer on from Pelicans.com. It's Tuesday, which means Jim is here in Studio B with me to talk about the Pelicans and the NBA playoffs. Hello, Jim. Uh, I know we want to be working right now, but happy offseason to you. Hey, happy offseason to you, too. I know some people think that uh, this is only like a part of the year job, but it's actually year-round, so I'm uh, happy to be here even though the season's over. Glad you can show up for such a great cause. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Jim, let's talk about this Pelican season before we get into the NBA playoffs because this is the first time we've been able to chat on air about the season. 34 wins for the Pelicans, obviously not in the playoffs this season um, for the second straight year. And I know Alvin and Dell both touched on it in their end-of-the-year press conferences, but a lot of people are breaking down the season in tiers of pre-Drew or before Drew was back, then when Drew came back, then DeMarcus Cousins at first part, and then later on when DeMarcus got settled in. With that being said, in how many words you want, how would you describe this Pelicans season? I mean, I I agreed with what Alvin Gentry said. It seemed one of the first things that he said at his press conference last week was that it was disappointing overall. And no matter how you, you know, make it into segments of the season, which I understand, overall it was disappointing and it was something that I think the players should should be upset about and should should really think think about as far as just not being able to achieve the goals that they set out for the second year in a row. So, I mean, to have two years in a row where that's what you're saying at the end of the year is pretty is pretty tough to take, and I'm I'm sure that there's a lot of people that are disappointed, whether it's the coaches, the players, the fans, you know, media, everyone. I think right now is. So, that being said, last year a lot of the not excuses, but a lot of the reasoning was injuries that the Pelicans couldn't you know make the NBA playoffs with a lot of expectations very high on this team. This year, the injuries weren't that big of a problem for New Orleans. Obviously, you missed a big piece in Drew Holiday in the first 12 games. They were still 2-10 and 10 without him sure. with a lot of the same pieces from last year. So what were some of the reasons for the not making the playoffs this year? I mean, I look at it a couple different ways as far as the way the team started out the season. I understand the the um, the logic and the reasoning of saying, you know, you started out 2-10 and 10, and you also had struggles right after the trade as you tried to incorporate DeMarcus Cousins. But um, to me, the thing that's one of the things that's tough to accept is just two years in a row starting off the way they, they, they did. Of course, you don't expect to to be great when you're missing a huge piece, but you also don't want to completely struggle the way they did. I mean, even if they had started four and eight or five and seven, something like that, they would have been in, in much better position with say two or three weeks left in the season so just to start off the way that in the year before that I think it was one and 11 that they started out um with a lot of injuries and injuries are a huge factor we've seen that so much in terms of the results on the court but at the same time you have to do better you you have there's there's teams around the NBA that have injuries and they don't completely you know crumble or disintegrate so 
um, that that that's one of the things that was the toughest for me is that yeah I understand that they started out two and ten and you missed Drew scoring a ton but you just you got to figure out a way to win a couple more games. Unfortunately, during that opening stretch of the season, there was a couple heartbreakers and a couple games that you were just like, how the heck did they lose that game? Um, one of the ones that comes to mind to me is the the game against Phoenix. Here they had so many chances to win that game and didn't and ended up losing in overtime. There's a couple other examples that you could point to that were like that, but it's just it's just been frustrating to to um, go through the whole off season, say, okay, we're excited now, we're back to zero and zero after the disappointment that we had the year before, and then immediately you're already you know behind the eight ball just the way that you've started out these last couple seasons. Was there a particular area that the Pelicans struggled in that maybe caused them to not miss the playoffs? Like I know you talked about you know the slow start. Was it was there? whether it was defense or offensively or certain aspects of one of those things, was there something that kind of caught your eye as far as, well, maybe this was a huge problem and one of the reasons why the Pelicans didn't make the postseason? Yeah, I think offensively was definitely the bigger problem throughout the season. They they did they improved more than any team in the league defensively this year and finished in the top ten in efficiency, but offense was definitely something that held them back throughout the season. Beginning of the year it seemed like a bunch of different guys all started out with slumps to, at the outside of the season including on threes. And I know I don't know if we're ever going to get to the point where we say defense isn't important. It, it's always important, but I do feel like the way the NBA is going and trending, you can't be um you can't be outgunned. You can't go into you know some of these games and have le- way less firepower than some of these teams that you play against and expect to win. So I think just offensively that was it's becoming more and more important all the time that you shoot threes well, that you have guys that can that can make shots and it seemed like that was something that held them back at at a lot of points during the season. That being said, obviously the Pelicans are now focusing on their off season while the other teams play in the playoffs right now. So what do you want to see addressed in the uh, in the offseason? Put your GM GM hat on. I know the Pelicans don't have a first-round pick as of now. That could change with the lottery. Mm-hmm. So what things or what types of players do you think the Pelicans might go after here in the offseason? I'm going to repeat one of the things that Del Demps said last week that I think is pretty clear and is not really maybe you know groundbreaking, um, an, a groundbreaking idea, but just shooting. I mean, you need more three-point shooting. There's only a few teams in the league right now that I think that are okay in that department and can't sit here this summer and say we need to add to that, um, whether it's Golden State or Houston or Cleveland, teams like that that just can overwhelm you with threes. I've never seen a season, and probably because it's never happened before, and the the league keeps setting records every year for for more three-pointers made, but I've never seen a season like the Pelicans had, and I'm sure a a lot of other teams in the league could say this if you watch them all 82 games, where so many games were determined by three-point shooting. You could do well in, if there's 10 major categories, you could do well in eight of them and still lose the game because you were um, beaten in three-point shooting. So to me, that's the biggest thing that you need. There's not just the Pelicans. A lot of teams need to focus on that this summer as far as just adding perimeter help and just having more threats and more guys that can, that can hurt the um, opposing defense from beyond the arc. All right, now while I have you, let's talk some NBA playoffs here. And last night it was the Pacers falling uh, down 2-0 to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, what caught my eye here, and the talk has been Paul George, in the last two games uh, he seemed to not throw pe- players under the bus, but he has called out some of his players, whether it was C.J. Miles in Game 1, Game 2, it seemed like the blame or some of the blame was pointed at Lance Stevenson and Miles Turner, at least for Paul George's sake. Mm-hmm. 
How would you describe how Paul George has handled these last two games as far as talking to the media after the game? Do you think it's fair for what he's saying about his teammates, or do you think that he's kind of over the line With, or out of line? I without without knowing the without being there and knowing behind the scenes some of the stuff that's gone on, it's hard to say. But from afar, to me, if you factor in the kind of season that they had this year, where they were so up and down, and they were it was so tumultuous. To me, it's not a positive to have a guy calling people out right. like you. After the season that they had, where they were one of the more disappointing teams in the league and they fell shy of expectations, I think in some ways the last thing you want is to have your best player or your leader like publicly calling out guys. It's probably, and again, I don't know the circumstances, it's probably okay for him to do that behind closed doors, but why do you want to do that to the media? That's one thing that I'd never understood is like, if you want to... What's wanted, the benefit of it? Right, if you want to deliver that message, you can you can walk up to the guy at his locker after the game and be like, hey, Miles Turner, you weren't physical enough on Tristan Thompson. You let him dominate in the boards. you got to get tougher, man. I know it's only your second year and you're still kind of coming into your own, but we need you to do X, Y, Z. There's no reason to tell, to talk to the media about that. Like I, I don't, I don't, that's the part of that. I don't understand. We see this a lot with a lot of different guys where they, um, in the same series, a guy that, you know, is one of the greatest players ever. LeBron does that as well. And it's like, it doesn't make sense. Like why, he he's been calling out his GM a few times this season. If you're LeBron James, you can do that. You can walk into that guy's office anytime and say, "Hey, I need you to get a playmaker. I need you to do this. I need you to do that." And with the power that you wield, they're going to listen to you and they're going to their door is going to be open at all times. So to to do that and tell everyone and make it a story that nationally like everyone picks up, I just don't understand the the logic of doing that. Yeah, I know when you have a bad segment here on the Black and Blue Report, I don't go to Twitter and say <laughs> how bad the segment was. I just go to you and say, what the hell was that that we just recorded? So I get it. I, I know it's happened many times, and I appreciate the fact that you've never gone public with it until kind of just now. So, well, it's the I, off season. I feel like we can let <laughs> we can let it all out now. You know, <laughs> airing our grievances here, even yeah. though it's not Festivus. There you go. There our, you go. Um, also, David Fisdale also decided to air some of his grievances last <laughs> night uh, post game. His more towards the refs, as the Grizzlies lost their second straight game by double digits to the Spurs, saying that Kawhi Leonard had more free throws than the Grizzlies combined. Mm-hmm. Um, was his criticism fair, or was he, you know, unnecessarily making excuse about the refs? I. I can't I can't give a, a a great answer to that. I did watch the game. I don't want to say I watched it that closely that I can assess the job that the referees did. Right. But I didn't honestly I didn't get the feeling as I watched the game that it was being officiated one in one-sided. I do think there's a little bit of a day, and he he knows way more than I do and he he was there, you know, courtside obviously, but there's there is a little danger sometimes I think of just looking at the stat sheet and saying this team had 32 free throws and we only had 10, so therefore the referees screwed us. Because mm-hmm. that's not always the case. A lot of times you're more aggressive, and that's why you get more free throws. And even like at the end of the game, sometimes you have to foul to stop the clock because you're behind, and the free throw attempts pile up. And you can't say, like, okay, well, that was the referees that got the best of us because the other team had more free throw attempts. So it's hard to say. The one thing that I – one thing that they were talking about on TNT last night after the game, I think that I agreed with was that um, the Spurs, sometimes the Spurs might get more calls. I don't know. That's not even the right way to put it. They might get more trips to the foul line because they play consistently a certain way. And they, I mean, their execution is great. 
So sometimes you end up with more free throws that way, whereas Memphis isn't really a great offensive team. And as much as I respect the Grizzlies a ton and some of the guys that have been there for a long time, they, they have a couple guys that are starting to decline a little bit physically. So, um, But it was, it was interesting. I think everyone will be shocked if there isn't a large amount of money coming out of Coach Fisdale's bank account soon. Yes, checkbook is out already, I, I believe, for Mr. Fisdale yes. uh, writing a check to the NBA, that's for sure. All right, before I let you go, uh, we've seen a weekend full of games in a couple days here. Um, actually, just one day here with Monday as far as game twos are concerned. Mm-hmm. But is there anything that surprised you or anything that's caught your eye in these first three days of playoff basketball? I think it's been a really interesting um, start to the playoffs, just that there's there were three teams that won on the road on the weekend. Um the coincidentally they're all all three of those teams are playing tonight so and then uh, you know setting aside just the games where the there's been an upset quote unquote a lot of the other games have been close the first two games of the Pacers Cavs was first game went down to the last shot the game last night went down to say the last two minutes or so so I think it's been pretty competitive of course there's been a couple blowouts here and there and there always are but I've I've enjoyed the first three days of the playoffs it's I mean, some years it's great. Some years it's a little disappointing or not competitive. But I feel like it's been very competitive so far. And, like, in the Eastern Conference, it's been very interesting so far because I feel like the gap between, you know, maybe the top team and the team that has the least chances is a lot smaller than it has been. At least that's what it seems like so far. So it's it's been fun. I'm looking forward to watching the rest of this first round. Yeah, tonight should be a big night for the NBA and the Eastern Conference, that's for sure. It's Jim Eikenhofer from Pelicans.com. Of course, you can follow him on Twitter. Is it at Jim underscore Eikenhofer? Is that yes, correct? Yes, it is. Verified man. <laughs> He's got a lot of followers. <laughs> He's the man, and uh, he joins us here on this Tuesday. Jim, uh, I don't know if this is going to be our last visit, but if so, I appreciate uh, all the visits we've had this season, whether it's been here in Studio B on the phone, from different hotels, from all your different mansions and chateaus. <laughs> uh, nonetheless, I appreciate all you do and all the hard work you do for Pelicans.com and the mobile app. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. I'll talk to you every day here because we're friends. But that, on air here, I'll talk to you soon. That sounds great. Hopefully this isn't the last one. But if it is, it was a it was, it was was always fun talking to you on Tuesdays and uh, something I always look forward to. So. We'll, we'll look forward to, if it is the last one today, we'll look forward to next season. A tradition unlike any other, Jim and Daniel on Tuesdays. On that note, we'll wrap things up next year on the Black and Blue Report. The future is bright for our New Orleans Pelicans with the addition of all-star DeMarcus Cousins, along with Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday. The time is now to become a Pelican season ticket holder. For a limited time, receive a food and beverage gift card worth up to $600. So don't miss out on any of the action. Call 504-525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com today and win the night. Are you ready for a slimmer and trimmer you? Smoothie King's new and improved Slim and Trim meal replacement smoothies are here. Now with just 250 or fewer calories per 20-ounce cup, they're slimmer and trimmer than ever. Keep your diet on track and feel fuller longer with at least 11 grams of protein and 6 grams of fiber. Add Smoothie King to your diet today with new and improved Slim and Trim smoothies in three delicious flavors. Only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Diet and weight loss depend on individual needs, eating right, and exercising daily. Pelicans.com and NewOrleansSaints.com, your first stop when following your teams.
Good stuff from both gyms today. Jim Wyatt from TitansOnline.com and Jim Eichenhofer from Pelicans.com. Really love these draft previews because it kind of puts things in perspective about what some of these teams may do here. And, of course, it's so unpredictable that we really don't know, but we try to get a grasp on what some teams are looking for before the Saints pick at number 11. And Jim Wyatt did a great job of laying that out for us here as they have two picks in the first round. So tomorrow we'll continue with our NFL draft preview and we'll go to pick number six and the New York Jets. Eric Allen, senior writer for NewYorkJets.com, will join us to talk about the Jets' interesting offseason. A lot of their big-name guys are gone. We'll see about their QB competition, what they might do at pick number six. Eric Allen joins us to talk about the New York Jets, and we'll talk more playoffs and Pelicans with the television voice of the New Orleans Pelicans, Joel Myers. We'll get his take on the Pelican season and, of course, what he thinks so far of the NBA postseason. So another great show for you coming tomorrow. I'll be your host once again, and I look forward to chatting with you tomorrow on the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans, the Black and Blue Report. Hope you enjoy the rest of your Tuesday wherever you may have listened to this podcast, whether it's on pelicans.com, neworleansaints.com, iTunes, or the two mobile apps. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And until tomorrow, I'm Daniel Salerson. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report, presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at noon central or at your convenience exclusively online at pelicans.com and neworleansaints.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.